This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. R-O.com. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, ask about the Friday KXNO lunch special. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, bottom of the hour, thereabouts, Matt Postens uh, from Heartland College Sports, dive in on the Big 12, Kansas-Baylor this weekend, the headliner from uh, Big 12 play coming up this weekend, at least from a conference perspective, we'll do that with Matt Postens, uh, Trends Play of the Day, sponsored by Circus Sports, but right now, let's talk to our friend Tom Kakert who was uh, good enough to be flexible enough to join us today. We thought with everything uh, breaking news-wise over in Iowa City that, um, you know what, let's, why wait till Friday? Let's get Tom today. And here he is. Hello, Tom Kakert, HawkeyeReport.com. How are you? Doing well. I have a free evening now. <laughs> yeah, I see that. We all do, unfortunately. Yeah. So when, uh, Tom, have you looked ahead at the schedule trying to match up Ohio State's and Iowa's potential dates that this game could be made up? Trent, remind us that uh, uh, that the Buckeyes still have one against the Huskers that have yet to be played, so they'll have to get that one in. What do you think, Tom? Have you done a look-see as to when potentially we may see this one? I did that as soon as things looked like they were going in this direction yesterday. And, uh, and I found that, uh, there's really not a good spot for this to be dropped in for either school. So my guess is they're going to have to probably do some changing and, and shuffle some games around if they're going to try and make this work. But, uh, boy, it's going to be a challenge. Um, I thought, you know, just initially, why not play it Friday uh, mm. tomorrow? Just because both teams are home on Sunday, but I, I'm guessing, Fran in particular probably didn't think that was the best idea in the world either. Still getting back. What even if you play that game in the afternoon, you're still getting back on Friday night. Just one day to prepare for Minnesota. Got to get it in though. Yeah. You feel like the Big Ten they work to try to get these games. What they're able to do, shift, adjust, and might be a day game moved up a day. Things like that. Ultimately. You know, Iowa, you look at the stretch here in February now. They have to play well. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They have to play well. I had this one in the Yale column, but that aside, I looked at that remaining stretch before the final two road games at Michigan and at Illinois, and I felt like they probably had to go 6-1 and one to feel good going into the Big Ten tournament. Now you're adding an extra game in there. It's going to be another road trip to Ohio State. How do they play better? A long way of saying it. How, how do they get to that point where they can rip off 6 out of 7? Well, let's let's assume that they actually play that game too. Um, it, it may end up being that they just can't play it. Um, I don't know. It's just it's going to be a challenge. Um, 
You know, the interesting thing, I was looking at Ken Palm yesterday, uh, and and uh, he has Iowa winning after what was supposed to be played tonight. He had him winning seven in a row until those last two. So Jeez. Uh, does that mean they're going to win all seven of those games? No. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, he had him beating Penn State and Rutgers, too. And, you know, frankly, the Rutgers loss is looking worse than the Penn State loss at this point. Uh, and... But they've, they've got a string, you know, to me, the the big games are, um, if you could pick off Maryland, because Maryland's been pretty competitive uh, at home, and I think those the, the really key ones to me are Michigan and Michigan State uh, in Iowa City. The Michigan win is not going to look as good as it did, but I think it's going to probably end up being a, a quad one win. The Michigan's playing better basketball now. Uh, they've got to get one of those. They got to get both those, honestly, uh, because that resume. It's weird, you know, just looking at the stuff over the years. The computers have hated Iowa over the years, a lot of years, when they've they've had some decent wins, and then this year, it just seems like the resume is kind of thin. Mm-hmm. But the computer places love them. Mm-hmm. The net loves them. The you know Ken Palm, Torvik, all these places. Uh, they love Iowa this year. It's just it's weird because there's not a lot of uh, meat on the bone with that resume right now. You know what worries me, Tom? The game that worries me, other than of course Michigan, Michigan State. Of, of all things, it's that game on that Friday night in Lincoln, uh, yep. where Hoiberg still could be looking for his first win of the year. I know they've got a couple with Northwestern coming up, and I'm I'm rooting like hell that the Huskers take care of business at least one of them and get that one out of the way because I have to think that Nebraska will you know, show up to play the Hawks, and wouldn't it just be you know typical that that's the one that gets away from them seemingly when they do get to maybe catch their breath in this Big Ten? You'd think would be going over to Lincoln, and that's the one that the, that knocks them off. We've seen good Iowa teams go to Lincoln and lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we have, yeah. and it's just it, it's happened. Um, boy, I remember that 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 one game where they lost over there, but they were down so many players. I remember, was, I think, um, you know, when Luca was really on a roll, um, they were they just lost that game. It was like Luca and Joe Wieskamp were like the only two people who could, you know, who could score in that game, and and Joe was struggling shooting the ball. I think that game so. Um, yeah, that's a, that's got trap game written all over the sleepy Friday night yep. game, uh, out in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, that could just come back and it, it would be ironic. They'd probably beat Michigan and Michigan state right. and then lose on Friday, <laughs> yeah. to Nebraska, yeah. because that's how things go. Yeah. Feels like that way. So there was some conversation yesterday with Fran about the possibility of some lineup changes mm-hmm. and trying to figure out what you do here. Is it? Moving Bohannon back to point guard, trying to ignite him that way. Is it time for J-Po to go to the bench? I, I think that would be mine and see and with a guy like Tony Perkins can go out there and play you know, 22, 24 minutes a game. A lot of different combinations he could play with. Chris Murray, you know my thoughts on him. I think he should be out there more and maybe even as a starter. What would you do? Fran says, you know what? I'm going to Tom Caker. Who should my starting five be? <laughs> well, I, I tell him to have his head examined first. Yeah, yeah we know that's not happening. <laughs> now. I, honestly, I would probably um, take uh, Robracha out of the starting lineup and start Keegan and Chris together mm-hmm. with Patrick. And um, I think what he's going to do is he's going to start Perkins at the two and start Bohannon at the point and see if he can jumpstart Jordan by getting him at the point guard position again and seeing if he can get him to start shooting the ball better uh, because I just think this 
this move to the two guard has got him just flummoxed completely. He's just can't the uh, confidence has gone from that shot, and yeah. maybe it's just because he doesn't have the ball in his hands, and maybe you can get him going, jumpstart him a little bit, and see where that can take you. Because they've got to get some more outside shooting. They're they're just not shooting the ball well, guys. They're just yeah. not in any of these games, and it's that's why they're losing some of these games is they just can't make shots. And the one guy that was making shots the other night was Connor McCaffrey, who, uh, you know, he, he gets what he does, and they still can't put it in the wind column. So, Tom, when when the injury, when he's clearly in pain, you wondered, how, how the hell did that just happen? I went back, watched it time after time, couldn't see anything. But it's a nerve, apparently, that's causing this. What can you tell us about Connor McCaffrey? And he wasn't going to play tonight, apparently. What's the likelihood that, you know, maybe he is ready on Sunday? Yeah, Fran said uh, yesterday when we asked him about it, he said he couldn't dribble. So it's hard to hard to uh, play when you can't dribble. Right. So uh, with with both your hands, so makes it difficult. So he's um, yeah, it is a nerve thing, and it that that makes sense now that right. he kind of got jostled right before then, and it looked like it kind of hit his forearm, and it's it, it, I, I would guess it's almost like kind of like that funny bone thing, or where you get the dead mm-hmm. arm kind of thing with you just kind of get hit in a weird spot and a funny bone and it just kind of deadens your arm and it's what it looked like happened to him uh on the court and but you know it's way better than the separated shoulder that they thought right. he had um because that would have sidelined him for uh, a good amount of time um this one it's they're just doing therapy and you know waiting for that I, fran kind of indicated they're hopeful maybe sunday he can get back out there and um, I wonder if that would impact uh, potential lineup changes that Fran was looking at, if maybe that changes his thinking on that. I'm not sure, uh, but but we'll see. But, of course, you know, the, after Connor goes 4 of 25 and everybody's howling about him whenever he shoots <laughs> the ball, the, the game that he <laughs> knocks down four of them, uh, he, gets, uh, he has this weird thing happen to him. Peyton Sanford, there's a little bit of a role for him. Hits a shot didn't play great by any means, but with the offensive identity lacking right now, with the struggle shooting the ball from downtown, should Fran be pushing the Peyton Sanford button a little bit more? 100%. He should be out there more. Um, because you're having trouble finding guys who can take jumper, make jumpers and and, uh, and make jumpers. And he he's the guy that could go out there and help you spread the floor. Is he struggling on defense? Sure. I, I think Peyton would probably be the first one to tell you that there are times when he's struggled on defense, but um, but you need his offense out there, um, and you've got to get him out on the floor there somehow because he can consistently uh, knock either knock down shots or is a threat to knock down shots. They've got to account for him. Um, I think it'd be tough to play Peyton and Jaybo together um, just because of the defensive. Uh, issues that would that would create, but but I think you got to try and find him, um, you know, ten minutes more a game. I think to try and go out there and knock down shots. Sir, active when he came into the game for the first time the other night. Uh, that, that's for certain. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'd like to see if there's. Uh, I, I believe there's more there. Let's get it and uh, let, let's see it. Tom, let's do football. Uh, we'll get into the Ferentz press conference and what came out of it. Um, you know, but first I want to just pick your brain, your rival's brain. You guys do such a good job on recruiting. Uh, what uh, what what happened yesterday? I mean, most of this is done. Uh, you know, it's already 
uh, haze in the barn, if you will. Well, uh, this is the second yeah. signing period. Uh, anything come out of it that uh, was surprising? Not really from an Iowa perspective. Um, it's just, it just every year now, it just strikes me more and more, though, how that first Wednesday in February went from, like, a day where I was literally working right. 24 hours yeah. a day. I probably didn't sleep some of those years, to be honest. And how now it's just like, it's nothing. Right. It's a boring day. It's just, it's ridiculous. Jim now. Harbaugh went and interviewed for a different job. Right. It's so meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I had one that, uh, you know, Deshaun Lee, the one commitment, yep. and, and that was it. And it hardly made a blip on the radar. And I think that's the, that's the new reality. Although, you know, I, I'm wondering now with the way the coaching carousel spins, and how that's been in very strangely in December now, earlier and earlier. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's very weird that I wonder if it, I, I've always said, and I think Kirk is on board with this. If you're going to have a first signing period, have it in, in like late August or something before the high school season starts and then do one in February. That's, I think the best way to do it um, at this point. Yeah, too and, close you know, together now. Wanna, yeah. Yeah, because that's what that's what basketball does. Right. They sign in in November before the senior year starts, and I think that's what um, maybe we should be looking at uh, from uh, the perspective of trying to do something that's because I think the coaching carousel is getting impacted by the recruiting cycle, and um, and it's and I think it, it's really forcing kids to feel like they've got to make a decision when. Maybe they should wait and and see when this carousel stops spinning, and um, maybe it doesn't start spinning as early um, moving forward if you kind of change these dates around. On the field, the conversation morphed to quarterback during the press conference yesterday, and this is an audio medium, so you can't see me, but you could have heard my eye roll as I was listening (laughs) and reading through the transcript last (laughs) night. (laughs) I just, I don't believe it. I think Spencer Petras is going to trot out there game one. I don't believe this is an open competition. Kirk couldn't convince me. Tom, can you convince me? No, because I still think Spencer's yeah. going to be the guy that yeah. runs out there in the first oh, game. Um, but it could be that you can still have that open competition and have them compete, and he could still win the job. Um, you have to leave yourself open to that, that he is the, you know, um, the the best all the, the best player uh, that wins that job, um, you know, you just because it doesn't give you the outcome you want doesn't mean that the, that it wasn't a competition. Um, I thought it was interesting he mentioned Joey Labus a little bit mm-hmm. and just kind of anxious to see him a little bit more. So perhaps there's some some opening. I thought one of the more interesting things, guys, was just the the subtle hint of Kirk Ferentz mentioning. NFL opportunities for assistant coaches and mentioning like Derek Foster leaving last year. I, I still wonder if there's going to be something that, that moves a bit on, on the Iowa front. There's just, um, it's, it just feels like maybe there's something, uh, a domino or two that's maybe going to look at the NFL. We'll see this year. Yeah. I, I just think that the, like, yeah, maybe an assistant or two Mm -hmm. that gets a, it's a it's a look see right uh, because they're still you know, I mean these from, coaches they're still putting their staffs together mm-hmm. right and yeah still the NFL teams are still right. yeah they're still 
still an open. Not, not that anybody's going to get a head coaching job, right, but I right. just, you know, um, you know, it always perks my interest when, uh, mm-hmm. um, like a Josh McDaniels is, is going to be residing in Las Vegas. Yeah. And, he knows you know. the Iowa offensive coordinator. And he does. I know a great moving company. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, as I, oh, as, Trent, as I'll say, if you're if you think that if you think uh, that uh, the offense is going to change because the nameplate of yeah, the offensive coordinator uh, changes in Iowa, you're going to be sadly disappointed again. I know. Uh, I know. That's funny. The diversity committee, Tom, uh, Ferentz was asked about it rep- uh, repeatedly apparently yesterday. Um, yeah. Still, there's been no resolution as of yet, but it's something that's going to happen, right? You can't do this, have the blowback, and then be forced to clarify, uh, to come out and, and say what he did, and and then just you know sweep it and just forget about it. That can't happen. No, and I think he's going to get asked about it, um, what he's going to do. And so, frankly, I, I thought there were times where he, was, he needed to um, – he, he seems like he's moving towards, I'm going to keep a lot of this private. And I think he should do just the opposite. I think that lends the, to the opportunity to um, to not be questioned about it then, to be more transparent about it. And I realize it's just him working with these people, but I think it would benefit Kirk Ferentz uh, if he just said, these are the guys that I'm going to talk to and this is how we're going to run things. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The opening statement, you've been there plenty of times when Kirk, you could tell right away he's got something to say. It's not going to be front page news. It's not going to be that. But I'll tell you, that's the longest, at least, transcript I remember reading before a question was even came to him. He just went on and on and on, almost felt like he was filibustering there for a while. Take us through what it was like as uh, the press conference begins, and it's Kirk talking and talking and talking before any questions. Yeah, and I think it would have helped. Um, I know there was some thought given to perhaps having another, having a press conference earlier um, this month, but mm-hmm. just because Kirk was on the road so much, there just weren't any days when, when it could happen where we could have just talked about all these other things and then met together on signing day and then talked about um, signing day more than anything else. And um so he had it felt like he just had to kind of jam a lot of season review guys are leaving for the nfl um the advisory committee story and oh by the way signing day and finding a player right uh and had to and had to do all those jam all those things into one opening statement and it was like boy that was like one of those <laughs> i'm sure you guys remember these like the old jim delaney press conferences oh, at Big Ten Media Day oh, where it would go up. like 25 minutes waxing poetic about about the joys of Division Three athletics right. and non-scholarship athletics for 25 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, to lead off the to lead off the uh-huh. sessions, and it's early in the morning, and, and I had a couple too many beers right. the night before. Everybody has, and heads are nodding down. And geez, <laughs> let's get to it. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, uh, as always, thank you. We appreciate you uh, being flexible to move up here until uh, today, uh, opposed to your normal spot on Friday, where we will speak with you next week. Thank you, Tom Caker. Sounds great, guys. Talk to you next week. Thank you, Tom. Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com, as we catch up on the Hawks. Quarterback competition. Uh-huh. You think it's going to happen, huh? It's Beatrice wins the job. It's happening. He's back. He's a leader they love. 
before his first season as a starter, he was handed the job, something we have never mm-hmm. seen under Kirk Ferentz as an incumbent leaves. He was handed the job. Mm-hmm. It was a bad year for him statistically, but yeah, the excuses. Right. COVID year, everything yep. else. So we ramp into this year. Trent's the most hollow 10-win team I've ever seen. It really is. <laughs> 10 and 4, and it felt like it was 5-7. Really and seven. Kind of you did, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. It won 10 football games. You forget that. They were ahead of schedule. That was a very young team last year, too. That's the uh-huh. other part. We were pointing more towards now the schedule, obviously, more difficult this year. But 22 and 23, that was going to be the year that the ascension happens. They arrive ahead of schedule, and there's one guy, there's one position that makes it difficult. And I wonder... Go to that South Dakota State game week one, and it's Petrus, and he trots out there, mm. and they go three and out. And the building's full. You don't know the Iowa fan base. Yes. <laughs> They're out on this guy. They are. There's no ifs, ands, or buts mm-hmm. about it. I think he's a great person. Great people don't deserve to be out of the job. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not to say that the right guy is on campus right now. Mm-hmm. We saw a few things from Padilla, but not enough not to enough. say that he should be at least the number one going into the spring. Joey Labus, they going to hand the keys with two veteran quarterbacks off to a youngster? That wouldn't be like Kirk Ferentz, would it? You're 24? I don't see that happening. You get a good new Kirk 2.0. We shall see. Uh, time for another $1,000 keyword. You go to kxno.com. It's that slam dunk promotion. We've had six or seven winners in the building as of late. WHO's had most of them. The bus chimed in. KXNO still looking to do the same. KXNO.com. Enter the keyword money. Money at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. We will talk about the Big 12 when we come back with our friend Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. What a basketball conference it has become, at least this year. We will uh, talk to Matt Postens next. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving all new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 to get $200, $280 in free bets if that team wins. Not a new customer. You can experience Super Bowl 56 with their same game parlays. You can buy multiple bets for the same game for a bigger payout. Rams money line over 45 and a half. Odell Beckham over 50 yards. And let's say a touchdown for Cam Akers. You put that all together, you got a pretty nice payday. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code KXNO to get 56 to 1 odds on either team. That's just $5 to get $200, $280 in free bets if your team wins. Promo code again is KXNO.com. No.com, just KXNO at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. You must be 21 or older. Iowa only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, 1-800. The time is now to schedule your vasectomy with the Urology Center of Iowa. Do it around the big college basketball tournament in March. That great golf tournament in Augusta, Georgia. Or, fingers crossed, MLB opening day. The Urology Center of Iowa offers no scalpel vasectomies. And now for your follow-up checkup, you don't even have to go back to the office. Post-procedure, send it in. Set up your vasectomy appointment at 515-400-3550. That's 400-3550. Or online, Iowa, you are... 
Do you remember the last walk-off homer to win the World Series? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, Wolf Roofing. The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube and at CISN.TV. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.TV. CISN TV, the home for live local sports. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNL and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, just past 11.30 on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trends play of the day, sponsored by Circus Sports, coming up here in about uh, 20 minutes. But let's talk some Big 12, shall we, boy, this conference, this basketball season. It has drawn me back in after I'd got away, kind of... Oh, I don't know. Moved over to the Big Ten more, yeah. but this this Big Twelve this year has it's appointment TV. Even last night, K State, Oklahoma State it wasn't down bad, to the wire, right? and if you're holding the minus two ticket. You're feeling pretty good about that three pointer <laughs> with two seconds left. Yeah, indeed. There's no nights off, and I know it's cliche, but it's absolutely accurate. Matt Postens, Heartland College Sports. Good to speak with you. How are you, Matt Postens? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. You know, I want to go back to uh, to Lubbock early in the week. That atmosphere, like there's great atmospheres throughout the country, right? Whether you're in the ACC, whether you're here in Ames, uh, there's a bunch in the Big Ten are pretty fun. But, oh, man, this one had a whole different feel. It's named after a shopping center. What's the name of the building they play in? Some kind of supermarket? <laughs> United Supermarkets Arena. There you go. Man, that place was crazy. What an environment uh, as Chris Beard comes back to take on the Red Raiders. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. And it, 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 the lead-up to that game was just crazy. insane. With students, with students camping out for three days. I mean, literally students started camping out an hour after the Mississippi State game ended on Saturday night to get into the game on Tuesday. And then, of course, you had all the craziness with the shoot-around on Monday, mm-hmm. the students you know, confronting the Texas bus on Monday evening, and then, of course, the game and, and everything around that. And I've been there for non-Texas games before, and they have a good atmosphere in Lubbock. They really do. I went there for the Kentucky game a couple of years ago, and they, they really – the fans really had a great night that night, but I mean, this was something on a different level. I, I was talking with Pete, our side owner at Heartland, and yeah, it, it felt to me almost like an old school Big East game from the mm. 1980s because of all the anger and the animosity, everything that that these Lubbock fans have been dealing with internally for 10 months since Chris Beard left. Yeah. You know, they finally got to direct it toward him for the first time in 10 months, and it was almost cathartic to a certain degree. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I saw one report, and only one report, and I haven't been able to find anything more since. Did Chris Beard and Adams get into it at all on that Monday night that you're referring to? I saw one report that maybe they had to be separated, which kind of, because these guys are friends. Did you see that? Uh, and is there anything to it? I did see the tweet. Uh, That's it what it was, uh, yeah. I think it, it was a TV guy in Lubbock, and uh, Mark Adams actually addressed it after the game on Tuesday night, and he said there was there were no issues between the two of them. 
He said Beard had a couple of concerns. I would assume that had probably something to do with security or something like that, just with the additional. They had like 30 additional cops at the game on Tuesday night. So I would imagine those were probably his concerns. But Mark said they didn't have any any issues like that before the game. So I don't know where that report came from, but you know, Mark Adams pretty much put a kibosh on it after the game on Tuesday night. Mark Adams, a basketball lifer, 65 years old, known as a great assistant coach, a great defensive coach, but had an opportunity in the 90s at the D1 level, Texas Pan-American, did not go well, and then became an assistant, probably figured it was over. To, to get this opportunity, coupled with the job he's doing already at Texas Tech, it really is a feel-good story for Mark Adams, and ultimately, probably a guy that figured it was never, he was never going to get a shot this late in his career. Yeah, it's really his career is really interesting because as a head coach before this job, he won 544 games. You know, the UT Pan American experience aside, he was a winner everywhere else he was. He won a national championship at Howard College, which is a junior college out in West Texas. He's actually in the National Junior College Hall of Fame as a coach. I mean, he he knows how to coach. He knows what he's doing. I think the questions that the question that I had really going into the season was why didn't he get another shot in another D1 job? Right. Because I've seen guys with lesser resumes get second and third shots at D1 jobs. And this just worked out perfectly for him. I mean, Chris Beard, you know, theoretically got his dream job at Texas. Well, guess what? Mark Adams got his dream <laughs> job at Texas Tech because he went to Tech there. And it's, it's just worked out incredibly for him. And, you know, the defensive side, the best thing that he did over the summer, not so much coaching the defense and getting them ready to do that, but he worked the transfer portal just as impressively yep. as Chris Beard did, maybe even a little bit more because he didn't just dive in right away after he got the job. He waited, and I think he was looking for particular guys. And if you look at the way they're set up now as a team, one of the best things they can do defensively is they can switch to just about anybody on that team and not lose anything defensively. It, it, it's really crafty what he did with the roster on that team because he had to turn over nine guys like yeah. TCU and a couple of other programs did in the conference. I, I do want to get past Texas Tech and all Red Raiders all the time here on Miller and Condon. <laughs> but Trent asked me this question a couple of days ago, and I it was before the Texas game. I thought, you know what, they're a nice team, but I don't think so, Trent. After I watched that, and yeah, the question was, can Texas Tech win it all? I'm starting to think maybe they can, Matt Postens. You know, they're, they're gathering momentum at the right time, certainly, uh, because they're built in a way where they can switch on picks and because they have so many offensive weapons. And they didn't have that a month ago. After Terrence Shannon got hurt in December, it really gave opportunities for Bryson Williams and Kevin Ovenor and Adonis Arms and and other players who had transferred in, guys who were known quantities at their former programs and knew how to score and knew how to play, it gave them more playing time and it gave them more opportunity to get acclimated into what Texas Tech wanted to do offensively. So, you know, Shannon's still trying to work back from that back injury, but, you know, once he's fully healthy, he's going to integrate into what they're already doing. So we, we talk a lot about their defense, but we don't talk nearly enough about what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball. I'm not totally sold on them being a Final Four team yet, but I think they're a team that can play into the second weekend of the tournament because they play quality defense. Their offense is much better than I think people give them credit for. I think there are certain teams and certain matchups that could give them cre- uh, trouble. You know, say Illinois, because they have such a dominant post inside with Cockburn, that could be a team that could give them trouble. But I'm, I'm sold on the fact that they'll probably be in the Sweet 16 at the very least they'll at least make it to the second weekend of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Looking here at our local, let's move away from Texas Tech and get to <laughs> Iowa State. So everything's set up. Crazy environment at Hilton. 
Kansas got him down there and one that Iowa State fans certainly thought was winnable. No Abaji, no Remy Martin, and he come up short. And the biggest reason, of course, is offensively the continued issues. How concerned are you with this Iowa State team? What the Cyclones are offensively and still the remaining slate, five of them on the road, just getting to even, say, 8-10 and 10 and solidifying an NCAA tournament bid. Well, I, I think they're solidly in the tournament. Uh, I, I think unless just the, the the earth just falls and they lose every game, which I don't think they're going to do because their defense is too good for that to happen. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we knew going into conference that they had some offensive shortcomings, and the players that I was hoping would kind of join Rockington and Hunter, they they just haven't quite got there yet. You know, Kalsher's been inconsistent. Grill's been inconsistent. You know, Anaruna had two or three good games to start conference, and he's kind of been inconsistent since then. They they just don't seem to have that third guy that can score consistently for them on a regular basis. And, and kind of the difference between them and Texas Tech is Texas Tech has a rolling set of guys that can do that. Iowa State hasn't been able to cultivate that yet. You know, they may get there by the Big Twelve tournament, but their 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 ceiling really is. You know, if there's a third or fourth guy that can hit double figures for them, they're going to have a good game and they have potential to win. If if, it, if they're going to rely too much on Brockington and Hunter for the offense, uh, it, it, they're going to have a hard time winning. It, it, and that's obviously when you look at the offseason, no matter how far they get in the NCAA tournament, you know, that's what Otzelberger is going to be looking for, whether it be transfer or recruiting. He's going to be looking for a couple more guys that can put the ball in the basket. Can you make a case that right now Jamie Dixon's the coach of the year in this conference? You know, it's funny. I was thinking about that the other night. It's either him, Otzelberger, or Adams. Adams, That's right. The three yeah, guys I'm yeah. looking at. And, you know, Dixon, he had a tough job. You know, like Adams, he lost nine guys. I think he maybe even lost ten to the portal. Mm-hmm. I mean, his, his last two recruiting classes, with the exception of Mike Miles and Eddie Lankin, are toast. They're gone. So he had to go into the portal, and he went and grabbed – a lot of mid-major guys who were looking for something to prove. They had been successful at their previous programs. They were looking to prove they could play at a high major level. And for the first couple of months, I didn't think it was coming together because it was really just Mike Miles and Emmanuel Miller, and that was it. And now in the last month, Chuck O'Bannon's really kind of stepped up and given them a lot of offense. In that LSU game, he's the reason they won because he hit three threes back to back to back and gave them that lead they were able to maintain the rest of the game. And then there's Damian Baugh who has been for most of his career considered to be a pass-first guard, he started really scoring in the past two, three weeks. And now they have three or four guys that can legitimately hit double figures for them. They're, they're a much better team than I thought they were going to be at the beginning of conference play. Now, granted, like Kansas, they still have to play Kansas twice at the end of the season, You know, one of, that, one of those being a make-up game. But right now they're solidly in the tournament, You know, per Joe Lenardi and, and Jerry Palm in bracketology. And I think as long as they finish... 500 in conference, I think they'll stay that way. So, West Virginia, coming up the next couple of weeks, Iowa State will see them, including Tuesday, uh, in that matchup. Huggy Bears team not playing real well right now, though they played better Monday night in the loss to Baylor. Six straight losses here. West Virginia, do they got another another gear to them? Do you anticipate this team is going to figure it out and right the ship, or is it a lost season for Bob Huggins and company? I wouldn't consider it to be a totally lost season yet, but they've, they've got to find a way to manufacture some offense inside. That's their biggest problem right now. With you know Losing Oscar Sheboy, they were able to kind of handle that last year because they still had Derek Culver. With Derek Culver gone now, 
they really don't have anybody that can consistently score inside. If Sherman and McNeil and Malik Curry are all hitting from outside, they're in good shape. But if, you know, like the other night, Sherman had that huge game against Baylor. McNeil had an okay game, but, you know, Curry really didn't get them much offensively. Uh, but once Sherman left that game after he suffered that concussion, I mean, there was just, there was nothing on, there was, nobody seemed to step up and want to take control of what needed to be done in the last few minutes because they were still in that game at that point. And that's really, that's, I think that's the biggest problem right now, aside from the fact that they don't have a lot of interior scoring. There's just a lot of looking at Taz Sherman and waiting for him to do something special, which more often than not, he does. But they need more from Sean McNeil. They need more from Malik Curry. Um, you know, Gabe Savoyan right now is their best inside scorer, and that's not going to help them get a whole, you know, very far in the NCAA tournament. Right now, I see them, as long as they're 500, I see them as an NIT team. That's kind of where I see them going right now. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. If you're a fan of the Big 12 and you haven't found that site, what are you waiting for? It's certainly uh, right in your wheelhouse. A terrific Big 12-centric site. We appreciate Matt Poston's joining us. Matt, thank you as always. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports as we go inside the Big 12. Yeah, I'm with you, Trent. I think that um, the West Virginia is... Right there, teetering. Right, yeah. And 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 Matt's right. They played. They played. It was like I don't know. I was watching it. Three or four minutes left in the game against Baylor. Was it Monday night? Yes, it was early in the week. It was Monday night. It was. Yep. Um, I I thought that maybe the Mountaineers are going to upset them. Three teams at the bottom and projected at the bottom in the conference: West Virginia, Mm -hmm. Kansas State, yep, Oklahoma State. Now we know Oklahoma State's not eligible to get to the tournament, but which of those three teams? You think it's going to play the best? Down well, the Huggins' team is going to play the best down the stretch. That's what I think. Right, because it's Huggins, right? right? And outside of Monday, I've watched this team, and just it's a lot of yuck. Yeah. They're not fun to watch. Nope. They can't shoot anywhere. Normally, all right, you know what they're going to do. They're going to defend. They're going to clutch. They're going to grab. They're going to get steals. And then they're going to get to the rim and score. They're near 200th in two-point field goal percentage, three-point shooting percentage, free-throw shooting percentage, effective field goal rate. It's just a bad offensive team. <laughs> that's not a whole lot that buttons that you can push at this point in the season that's going to figure that out. And you know the good thing for for the clones? They've got the Mountaineers twice, they've got K-State, K-State twice, twice, and they still got one more with OK with uh, Oklahoma State, right? They you get a rematch back here. Yeah. You get them at home. So of those five, you go four and you one. Go four and one. You're feeling great. Absolutely. And I think that can happen. But Kansas State's still playing hard. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma State is, too. Yeah. And you know what? Oklahoma comes dames. They've still got to make their return trip. That, that team is so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. There, there's nice and like, all right, they got something there. I see what Porter's trying to do. And then there's other. It's another yuck. Probably not going to go to Waco and win in the final game of the regular season. Wouldn't think you so. You wouldn't think. No. But again, West Virginia gave them all they wanted the other night. Right. And Iowa State can play some deep. If they can just have a night where they're getting secondary scoring. You know, maybe Grill's on fire. Mm-hmm. He's really good defensively. Koontz. Yeah, Koontz. Kalsher's doing his once a month. Are, you know, they'd be a little hard on the kid, but he struggles to shoot. 23.9% from three for Kalsher, 21% from Hunter. What's Grill? Grill is at 38.8. Okay. It's good. Yeah. Koontz is at 47.8, but that was over 50% for a while. Yeah. Started to dissipate down a little bit.
We'll take our final time out. Trends play of the day. Circus Sports sponsors that. That's coming up next. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3. The Chicken Coop is the place for great food and wings with three metro locations. The Chicken Coop has the best, fresh, never frozen wings. Buffalo, garlic, jalapeno, buck nasty, tropical heat, pepper teriyaki, garlic parmesan and so much more along with steaks burgers ribs and a children's menu for the little ones and don't forget about the chicken coops daily lunch and drink specials catch all the games at the chicken coop in ankeny urbandale for free get in on the action with the world's largest sports book Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, right, Miller Condon. Welcome back. If you're a fan of the uh, Missouri Valley Conference, boy, big one in our backyard on Saturday. ESPNU has it. Knapp Center is the scene. Uh, I don't know if Kevin Lehman's going to be there or not, but he's going to be with us tomorrow to uh, opine on that game as well uh, as the Valley as they come down the stretch. And their final th- three weeks for them or four weeks? You're better at math than me. Really? Bar's not set real high. Uh, Trent Condon, what's going on with Circus Sports? I know that we are um, on our Miller & Condon Twitter account. Yep. We've got something cooking there. What is it? Yeah, a chance for you to pick up some great Circus Sports gear. All you have to do, download the Circus Sports app, and then tag a couple of friends on there below the tweet. Get them involved with Circus Sports. Just go to Miller & Condon on Twitter. You can find all the details there. 45 prizes, right? Is yeah, we're win? giving away some swag, so pretty good chance on you're going to win one. <laughs> Absolutely. Get there and get yourself uh, some good Circa Sports gear. And I proudly wear my Circa Sports sweatshirt pretty much every single week. I wore it in California last week, most yes. of the week. Um, we had a washing machine in the house, I should say that as well. Uh, Trent, what's your play? Who are you going to play today? There's not a, there, now there's one marquee game, and it's yes. a big spot. UCLA-Arizona, mm-hmm. three versus seven in Tucson. Uh, does that one catch your attention, or are you going elsewhere? I do, and it's right now six and a half at Circa, so I'm going to lay the points with Arizona. I think they bounce back in a big way here. They got wait, something waiting. They played so bad offensively that first meeting between those two teams. I think Arizona's going to jump on there. Uh, I got a game coming up here in just a few minutes, 1230 tip off. Yeah, why wait? Liberty! They're making their way over to Ballantyne. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Will, Will is playing? <laughs> D- different sport. Different ah, sport. okay. Yeah, and he's busy at the, uh, where, where is he, Senior Bowl? Patrick Ewing is under siege right now. There's mm-hmm. a real conversation that he's going to be fired. Mm-hmm. Winless start in the Big day, big East. Mm-hmm. Johnny's are in the building tonight. Grab the points. Grab Georgetown. The point. Grabbing five okay. at home. I think they got something for the coach. Five o'clock tip-off, too. I like that one on FS1. Finally, I was so excited about this game when I saw it on the schedule. Wyoming's been a great environment there. Got a good team. They've had good teams in the past. Boise's also really good this so year. So you saw the schedule come out and you saw No, this. no, not come out, but <laughs> okay. saw it was on the schedule this week. Oh, okay. And I figured, well, this is a CBS Sports Network game, right? Mountain West. That's yeah, where we get all normally. these games. No. Where? Mountain West Plus or whatever. Oh, good. Yeah. Very disappointed. But I am going to lay the point 
with Wyoming. So those are the picks there, but can you always get so upset that their football's coming to an end? Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. got football tonight. We do. East West Shrine game and Brock Purdy, yes, quarterbacking the West. NFL team. Network. NFL Network. What time? Seven o'clock. In. Caleb Shudak kicking in for the West team. Defensively on the East team. Wazarike. Okay. Going to be there. So we got two Cyclones and a Hawkeye also playing tonight. I figured that'd fire you up. Absolutely does. We are out of time. Thank you to Circus Sports. Go to the Miller and Condren Twitter account. You can see what we mean. Giving away 45 prizes. Should be easy. Uh, I don't think, well, I hope we do. Uh, but there'll be um, plenty of opportunity there for you. All right, Mike Palm, speaking of Circa, he will join us tomorrow. Murph and Andy are coming up in an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics at 3. We're Miller and Condon weekdays from 10 until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.